This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. In January, Simon Harrison accepted his new role as Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Avaya. Now, a few months into the new position, the world needs his company more than ever. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Simon sits down to discuss how Avaya is changing the way we experience and interact with our devices, how his company is helping others make decisions more efficiently, and why simply delighting a customer is never the path you want to pursue. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Simon, what's going on? Um, everything's really quite interesting, sir. It's uh, a different world we're in, obviously, at the moment, but generally speaking, things are going on pretty well. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's so funny now that um, everything, obviously, with, with COVID and everything changes uh, seemingly by the hour. But um, yeah, you know, it makes you appreciate the, the small things that, that you have. And, um, you know, we're excited to talk about marketing because uh, it's what we do. And, uh, and we're going to get into a bunch of your background, uh, some time as an analyst and your current role as CMO of Via. So let's get into it. How did you get started in marketing in the first place? Well, I guess being honest uh, about my career, I've always had a passion for technology. I was a, probably a techie at heart uh, way back when, early in my career. But it led to a, a passion for um, leading in, in terms of product management, product marketing. Because uh, I guess when you're consulting on things from a technical perspective, you, you inadvertently end up at a point where you start thinking, hold on, we could be doing things better here. Um, there's, there's, a, there's got to be a better way. The technology could be doing more for us. And in, in following that path, I found myself even more passionate about telling people um, what the true value of technology was. And, and so it was a reasonably kind of you know, natural uh, progression for me to find myself genuinely passionate about you know, sharing what I think is the true value of technology on as many stages as I could across the world and, uh, and in, in as many ways as I could, uh, you know, whether it's the more tactical digital front of house, such as websites and sharing content in those ways, or, or, you know, those more, for me, exciting ways of, you know, getting in front of people and, and, and talking to them. So uh, I, I think it was a fait accompli that I'd end up where I am. And, uh, and, and so that's, yeah, that's how I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm a marketeer. That's how I've ended up in this kind of role. That's a great description. I may need to start using that. Um, that uh, you know, loving <laughs> technology and then trying to figure out how to uh, how to explain it to people. That's a, it's a great it's a great way of looking at things. Well, flash forward to today, you are the CMO of Via. Why were you so excited about joining this role? Well, it's it's interesting if you reflect on my previous role as an analyst. I was um, very clear on what most vendors are doing in in the world around demonstrating the value of their technology. I used to get a lot of in, in, um, inquiries and a lot of have a lot of discussions with with pretty significant organisations about the ways in which that they were 
trying to help their end user customers to realize the value of their technology, marketing it ultimately. And so I was in, I guess, the balance of learning lots about the technology, what it was capable of, and then um, more on how companies were struggling to get that value across. And I realized when it came to Avaya, it was probably doing the best job of being the best kept secret in the business. <laughs> it really was, um, I thought, demonstrating some rather unique characteristics in terms of the way that it was providing product and the services and the technology ecosystem and the partner ecosystem. Um, and just wasn't, I thought, perhaps doing a good enough job or had, there was a hot an opportunity to be doing better in terms of making sure the world could know more about that. And, and I was advising the company quite a lot. I was advising on how to fix it, how to change things and built up quite a relationship over a good couple of years uh, of, of, of um, offering support and trying to get the company to, um, to do more, to do better out there. Um, and I realized that actually um, that passion that I could no longer suppress around marketing was something that I could um, surface and, and provide value in, uh, in leading for Avaya. And, and that's how I ended up joining. It is a extremely different company. And I can say that having been an analyst and knowing the market pretty well. Um, and so I'm keen to be making sure that in this role, we're, we're, we're surfacing that. We're getting Avaya out of its own way, as it were, some might say. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's how I've uh, um, uh, found myself in the role. I love that you went from analyst to, to CMO because it's such an interesting jump. And we've talked to some folks, um, some analysts on, on the show. Um, and it is one of those interesting situations where you're seeing so much of what's going on. I'm curious, like you said that Avaya has changed over the years and kind of gone through the start of maybe a, a transformation of sorts. Um, like, why do you think the problem that, that you all are solving is more important than ever and, and this company is, uh, is, is poised to, to continue to you know, innovate and, and push that pace? There's two key reasons, actually. Firstly, in terms of the, the portfolio, it is far broader, far deeper than people realize. Um, and when you, you look at the, the typical contact center uh, space and the unified communication space, you look at the usual vendors in those spaces and you start to compare in the, using a narrow lens avaya will surface as a you know reasonably well you know a leader in these spaces but when you look at avaya far more broadly when you look at avaya considering the evolved experience economy and how that's changed the way that we use smart devices in our everyday life the way that the typical nine to five you know planned working day is not the normal anymore. And, you know, obviously COVID-19 has kind of brought that to the forefront. forefront. Um, we have to be very agile. We have to be very reactive in a, in a almost planned way, which seems like um, some sort of, you know, somewhat of a contradiction, but it is, it is a way of working that we have to be thinking about empowering with this technology. When you look at things from a broad, through a broader lens, you realize how much more Avira is doing. And so, you know, secondly, as I said, the, 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 the two key reasons the, the, the challenge that Avaya's had around marketing that value has been probably more difficult than ever because of that length and breadth or more difficult than perhaps others that are just narrowly focusing on marketing, 
a simple contacts in the product or, or narrowly focusing marketing on a, a unified communications product. So it creates more of a problem in terms of getting that value out. And I've seen uh, you know, considerable you know, potential to do something with that. You know, I've got lots of experience around helping people to realize the value of technology um, and in a more connected way. That was one of the things that I did at Gartner. I was actually in a role where I was helping to surface the value of, of the different technologies across uh, quite a few different agendas and uh, connecting the dots so that people could see that broader value. So I kind of married quite well to the experiences I'd had um, and and I you know I'm so passionate about marketing. I, I I really have found it fascinating that people can have almost you know, perfect solutions, but can sit at a certain revenue rate for you know far too long because they just don't market it well enough. You know the perception of the company is all about you know how well marketing is doing its job really. So so that's why I'm a via. Yeah. And, you know, the pace of innovation changes so quickly in technology that it's easy to kind of fall into the trap, I think, of like the the new shiny object thing. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like there is a vast majority of people who want a level of consistency to their business processes. They want a consistency of customer experience. They want a consistency and they don't want to just like, you know, rip out the old to put in the new, you know, over and over and over again, although that's, that's going to happen. But, you know, to, to be like you mentioned with a portfolio of products and with, um, and selling into, you know, a variety of different places in the enterprise, potentially it's a, it's a hard challenge for marketers to your point. Like that's not an easy thing. There's, um, and there's not really a long history of, you know, technology companies with large portfolios that you have to draw off. You know, it's not a 50-year industry. It's not a 100-year industry. So it is it is new. And then also on top of that, you know, marketing is changing faster than ever as well. The You know, so I, I think that, I think you're, you know, it's a savvy kind of um, awareness on your part to see that, you know, perhaps there's, um, and it's not just at Avaya, but in any company for our listeners who are trying to kind of, you know, organize a little bit of transformation around their own company, that there's opportunities to just do things a little better. I'm curious, so what was your approach? Like, as you're as you're coming into the role, what are the things that you wanted to focus on? You know, I don't want to say it necessarily your playbook here. But, um, but what were some of the things that the plays that you were excited to run? I mean, the, the, the marketing team, the marketing engine is really quite well set up, um, strong marketing leadership, Within the within the organisation within the department, um, and they get those tactical things done. Let's call them that pretty damn well. Um, you know, when it comes to lead generation activities and all of the you know the typical things that we worry about in terms of making sure that we've got the the, the sales guys fed and everyone is is happy to to see those, those quarters uh, those quarter ends being very positive. And um, I, I think the there was a few things that I thought were kind of quick wins or low hanging fruit. Uh, and that was around surfacing value by virtue of just sharing more with the world about how some of their um, peers, so you know, customers out there that have um, uh, similar organizations to those that we've helped, you know, sharing some of the stories, some, some of the ways in which we've done quite 
you know, uh, groundbreaking or transformational things. And so we've we've had a sharp focus on more on the storytelling, more on the you know, you know identifying those that are happy to be quoted and and provide real words around the things we've done, um, and and just you know being quite quite forwards in 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 you know and and quite I guess adding quite a lot of focus on making sure that when it comes to whatever touch point we we have you are you're in in the business whether you're in sales service whatever part of the business you're in you're thinking about making sure that we can surface the value we create for others to to learn about so then you know if 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 new customers can see you know can they've got something they can touch feel and see uh, that describes value that's been derived by someone that's just like them it becomes so much easier to to not only decide on the right partner like Avaya, but also to know the questions to ask and how to ask them around the kind of technology that they want to invest in too, of course. And, and the key thing is that we live in a world of, you know, the, the sort of application leaders, CIOs, CTOs, they're, they're trying to orchestrate a symphony of, of platforms and ecosystems, you know, a myriad of technologies based on consumption style, on-premise technology, hosted technology, pure SaaS based They've got, you know, perhaps DevOps teams. They've got out of the shadow IT. They've got so many different things to worry about. Um, ours is to make sure that, again, through the storytelling, through the the demonstrating the value of the of the length and breadth of our portfolio and our technology ecosystem and our partner ecosystem, how we can actually address more of the problem for them, uh, or address more of the ambitions for them across their enterprise. You know, empathising with the fact that you know, that they are you know, orchestrating what is a, a symphony that, that, that they want to keep continuing to play well, but they've got to change a lot of the instruments out and, and they've got lots of old, they've got lots of new, and they're trying to make it all work really well together. Yeah, it reminds me um, so much of the fact that everybody's customers are, are going through some type of transformation, you know, I mean, even probably down to, you know, CPG, uh, the transformation is that, you know, I don't know, my, I want, you know, silkier hair or something like that. So I need a new hair product. But in the enterprise, you know, what we're talking about, this digital transformation that takes literally years and potentially decades, like the, the amount of, you know, I, I think, um, you know, per per Avaya stats that there's, I think, 28% of all telephony users will be cloud by 2021, according to Gardner. I mean, you look at like that number, and I mean, I'm astonished that it's not higher, right? But you, but there is so much going on in the face of digital transformation. I mean, look at what is happening right now with COVID with everybody working from home and this massive explosion of a need for digital tools um, so that people, people can be anywhere. And I mean, there, like there are, there is so much in this marketplace, and so I'm curious as a marketer that is trying to figure out how to, you know, be the the elixir in this, uh, you know, in this time of digital transformation to be that trusted advisor to uh, to CTOs and CIOs or or even you know whoever is buying. Um, how do you do that? How do you build trust with those people and uh, and so you can have those conversations and say like, Hey, look, you know, look at the portfolio that we have, like we can be your solution uh, on how to do this. That's a great question. The, the, the way that I find myself naturally responding to that is to 
um, be demonstrate really strong thought leadership, um, be a trusted advisor in terms of the way that the their market is going, um, the way the the landscape is shifting or evolving given the specific area of technology interest um, and so forth. Because what I find fascinating is there's still an awful lot of um, you know, product brochure, product-based marketing that doesn't demonstrate enough of the value. And so I kind of, I, I actually sort of target surprising people. You know, how am I going to surprise the people as part of this conversation? How am I going to share something um, through a you know, distribution or you know, as part of our digital front of house or as part of a campaign or whatever it might be that offers something that the, the, the end user customer or perhaps a partner says, wow, I never thought about that. Um, and, and I've actually found that, again, Avaya has provided perhaps one of the best platforms to do that. Um, give you an example, looking at the evolved experience economy, um, we, we, we've talked an awful lot over recent years around about omni-channel and this voice and digital channel blending. Um, and when you look at the way that we are using you know, these different devices in our, our world, you know, 2010 was the mobile era, right? There's an app for that. Now we're looking at natural language, um, understanding home devices, uh, haptic responses in our watches, you know, touch gestures in cars, all kinds of ways to interact with devices supporting getting, you know, people getting things done. Um, and then those different modalities, you know, speech, right? monitoring, eye recognition, you know, Snapchat has made virtual and augmented reality an everyday thing. And so when you start looking at the world through what I think is a, is, a, you know, is a real world perspective of the experiences that are going on, how people are using these to, for example, get connected to a contact center. Does Omnichannel cover it? Does it do enough to support voice and digital channel engagements? My perspective is actually it doesn't. It's a great solution for what was a previous problem. And so there's, there's a good example there and a great opportunity from an avaya perspective for me to say, Guys, let me surprise you here of a few things you probably haven't thought about. And then, by the way, the length and breadth of the Avaya portfolio with that technology ecosystem wrap and partner ecosystem wrap positions us to, you know, you can take our hand and we'll, we'll lead by example and, and, and help you address what is this probably, um, I would argue, is, is a, a challenge that's crept up on us. Like a toad sat in you know, boiling water, it's something that, no one is kind of talking about or thinking about. So that's that's one of the key things that I'm often looking for. I'm looking for the ways to sort of show thought leadership, show how things have changed, changed quite dramatically, surface that in, in tangible terms that people can understand and then marry that to the sort of value that we can create. And it's, yeah, it's, it's proving to be quite a powerful way to market what we do. I'm curious, how do you look at the difference between brand marketing and some of your product marketing because you have such a, a large you know portfolio and you also have you know a ton of partners and we can maybe get into that in a little bit avaya has an extremely strong um you know like brand awareness but maybe not for the reasons that you might want folks to think about maybe not for a certain new product or maybe not uh you're maybe it's you know just for their phone or, or whatever it is um so i'm curious like how do you how do you think about you know positioning kind of that messaging um and and to the different products with kind of the overall brand strategy it's a great question i mean the the, the as you know avara is is pretty well known in the in the market in particular around 
context engineering and communications has been a leader for many years. Um, in terms of the brand, I'm rather relentlessly focused on, again, those shifting, lang shifting landscapes and how we're making sure that we are offering value from a brand perspective, given those, those shifting um, sands. <laughs> so uh, give you an example, Workstream collaboration is the evolved unified communications. Um, landscape, you know, Teams, Hubs, Byte-based communication and, and productivity. And there's lots of other vendors that are not typically um, compared uh, when you look at workstream collaboration versus unified communications. And so I'm making sure that from a brand perspective, you know, our, our you know, SEM strategy, our um, digital front of house, how we present products and solutions and, how, and what we talk about in terms of solutions, is is surfacing the right level of, of value from a you know here's how you know, how you should think about Avaya and how it can help you overarching as a company uh, length and breadth in terms of geography you know I have you know marketing people in m many company uh, countries across across the world all providing that local support in terms of the brand as well you're making sure that it's contextually right for the different um, types of buyers across geographies. In terms of product marketing, I'm very, um, very, I guess I'm a bit more precise around the the talk tracks, you know, the 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 way that the messaging is 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 uh, shared is um, is used to get what we need to get across that dovetails into what we're trying to achieve from a brand perspective. It's not easy, especially when you've got a lot of people that have, you know, lots of experience and lots of value they can add you're, you're trying to you know, surface or take advantage of that but make sure that they are still on on track or um, making sure that they're saying things in a way that is going to support you know prop up the brand in the right ways but show that future proof perspective demonstrate that thought leadership and and of course support what i think is this this evolution in the marketplace around experiences and it, it is quite a you know, I'm, I find myself getting quite hands-on. You know, I find myself really getting into those meetings and and supporting the 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 senior the senior team members in in fashioning what are the most impactful ways to demonstrate the value of products and to support sales enablement. It's 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 where I spend a a reasonable balance of my time actually. Yeah. So can you can you go into that a little bit more because that is one of the things that I think. You know, perhaps it's uh, it, it's the you know the first ninety day CMO uh, you know checklist here is um, is really get your hands around sales enablement. You know, so specifically in the enterprise and, and with technology because it's such a critical motion for um, you know to win the internal stakeholders. Like, hey, you know. <laughs> Uh, let's make sure sales is happy and or make sure we know what is happening with sales so that we can make them happy. So I am curious, like how how did you look at approaching that? Well, um, I had a little bit of an ace in, in, in the hole in, in the hole in so much as I'm, you know, my Gartner experience was helpful. <laughs> I, ha I had great relationships with the senior sales um, leadership, the, the theatre leaders for Avaya. Um, and uh, well, being quite frank, they had already seen the value that I'd been surfacing or offering to support what they were trying to achieve as a as a as a research uh, leader in the world, and and so I was able to you know quite candidly put out and you know all hands we're going to have a 
a proper session, go through everything that you probably want to know about or will be useful to know about in terms of the, the trends of what's going on in the space, where it's headed. You know, I wrote a lot of the research around the futures um, for, for, for Gartner. Um, and, and that was obviously well-researched with lots of support from, from my colleagues, everything that Gartner has done with lots of eyes on, on, a, on a note. And so I, I was able to say, look, you know, let's make sense of all the things we've been doing. That sits here. Um, and this is how much value it creates. And if we look at the, the world through this lens and we think about the research that we've, we, we've got as a reference, as well as many other things, um, this is where we want to be. And it, was, it added credence. Yeah? It meant that there was, it was a reasonably easy sell, if you like, to demonstrate how we could be doing things you know, to help support the company going through this tremendous transition of, of being a very relevant, you know, SaaS-based you know, cloud application ecosystem uh, vendor. And so that, that, you know, that meant then, uh, you know, the discussions around specific products and what we were doing were easy, easier to have. It was just a question of let's reflect on some of the things we've been talking about um, in terms of the trends and are we on are we on point? Are we? Are we? Uh, have we ticked off enough on the list? Okay, we must be on the right track, and we could surface more um, of the value that I think is it's important to recognise in these products already, but make sure that we were not missing a trick around the additional value, the thing, and the way that can connect to all kinds of other value um, for our customers. Because I'm, I'm obsessed when it comes to the the products. Um, and in fact, in most things, I'll always, I'll always do the what's in it for me test and the so what test. Um, I do this all the time, probably drives people mad <laughs> with, uh, you know, testing the even things, you know, as simple as a title, um, uh, you know, right through to the, to, you know, the, the, the deep and meaningful insights or the depths of what a product can actually do for an organization. It's always about making sure that it's improving the customer value chain, it's improving the employee value chain, it's making the difference for that partner. It's, you know, it's really doing the things that we need to, to do in a wonderful way. So yeah, sorry, slightly long-winded answer there, but leveraging my support from, a, from my analyst background made things a little easier in that regard, I would say, around product marketing. I actually wanted to, to, to go into that a little further too, because um, you don't have a ton of folks that go um, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of like, uh, um, you know, back in house, you know, straight into the CMO role, um, after being an analyst. And I think it's just such an interesting experience because you were right there looking at the market and then, you know, right into, um, into a leader. I'm curious. So what were, what were some of the, you know, advantages of that? Um, and also like for our, you know, CMO and, and marketing leader guests who, who don't have that, how can they approximate it? How can they, um, you know, I'm maybe, maybe they're, maybe they're sick of talking to analysts. Maybe they love talking to their analysts. I suppose it depends on who they're talking to as, <laughs> as do all things in life. But I, but I'm curious, yes. like what, what are some of those things that they can pull um, from the analyst to really get a sense of, uh, to have an advantage in the space that it feels like, um, you know, you kind of feel like that, that, that was helpful for you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting shift, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I found myself really enjoying the kind of challenges presented to me by pretty significant organizations and quite senior leaders in those organizations around um, getting the value out 
and I did work with a number of uh, you know um, vendors with um, some challenges around almost you know doing everything right but just not seeing the sort of transformation from their marketing efforts um, and suggesting things um, becoming almost like a you know sort of virtual virtual member of the team uh, and working with them on a regular cadence and actually them suddenly seeing results seeing change seeing the kind of improvements that they wanted to see and i think it was largely driven from um being able to make sense of what it is that people wanted to buy clearly uh in a way where it was uh, as effortless to consume as possible you know i'm i'm a big fan of effortless over delighting i don't think delighting works i think it's a it's a misnomer in so much as if you delight a customer you just set the new bar and then you've gone and now raise it again and you keep chasing this thing if you focus on effortless, you make it as effortless to consume from an information architecture perspective as so let's think about you know a website, for example. So get obviously information architected in a way where you're surfacing the value that you think is most relevant to that customer based on how you've got them there in the order you want to get them to view the information such that it suits what you're trying to achieve, but it makes them feel like they, they've got what they needed. You know, this is quite a complex it's not an art, it is, it is a science, but you know, making sure that you are making it as effortless as possible from their, from their perspective. Obviously, it's, it's well, you know, rule number one is, is outside in. So, um, so, so combining, um, I guess, my understanding with what I thought was the, the key value that people were trying to derive from these investments in technology in particular, given where I was as an analyst, uh, with... Um, um, you know, working with marketeers to make sure that they were valuing, offering that value in the most effortless to consume ways, just you know, created the kind of results that these these leaders wanted to see, or you know, they, they started to realise. Effortless, effortless is key, right? And effortless is not this mythical thing. You know, you can you can do it in really quite tactical ways. You, you can, if you offer less choices, it becomes effortless. More consistency becomes effortless. I mean, give an example slightly different um, way of looking at it but if you go for a coffee anywhere in the world quite might find yourself in a Starbucks just because you know what you're going to get and consistency equals effortless one of the ones that I that I'm quite passionate about is um, reversible <laughs> if you can buy a product and you can take it home you can mess about with it fit, you know, fiddle with the settings do whatever you like with it and then take it back and go I don't want it or no questions asked I think you're more likely to buy totally. that product. That's a great point. Um, if you could book a flight and, you know, you know there's no chance of any kind of penalties if you do, you cancel it or no matter what you do, you're more likely to book that flight. So there's there's really sort of um, quite tactical ways to, to introduce effortless. And I think effortless is is the, I guess, the, is, is the mantra that I would sort of, you know, be, uh, be living by and helping um, marketers in particular to surface their value so that it married well to what people were trying to buy. And, and they saw the results from that. I mean, you buried the lead here. I love that. Um, that's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great mantra because so much of what is going on right now, I think is, um, is focusing on that customer centric journey. You know, it's focusing on building a journey for the customer that is, um, that lasts for years and years and years. It's not about trying to shove people into acquisition. It's about um, 
you know, having, having the long game. Um, and, uh, and with that, you know, kind of, I, I would, I would say that your effortless kind of piece there is helping them make a buying decision that limits their, their downside, but has, you know, all of the upside. And that's, I think, you know, there's, there's a, it's a double-edged sword because if your product stinks, then they get in and, uh, then they can quit you really easily. Um, and that's what a lot of, you know, startups saw, have seen, um, is like, man, we have this great, you know, customer acquisition, uh, funnel. And like, you know, we, we have this down to a science and they raise a bunch of money to realize that, uh, nobody, you know, nobody keeps their solution for longer than a year because it doesn't really solve the need or, or whatever it is. It was just easy to buy. Um, so I, you know, how, how do you think about the, the, the customer centric journey, the, the post sale marketing for, for lack of a better term? Um, I mean, it's, it's important to make sure that your customers obviously know that you are a progressive, innovative um, entity and you are never standing still. Uh, again, one of the great things about Avira is it's a high octane company. What happens in 24 hours is it is quite staggering. Um, it really is um, doing wonderful things in, in hours, not days. And, and making sure that your customers are just getting a continuous kind of, but not, <laughs> not in a, um, a you know too obtrusive way, but are getting that sense of um, enough touch to know that you are again demonstrating that thought leadership. Um, you're you're showing that you are making a difference in the world um, is is really important. I think you have to just is is the I mean obviously you think about when in traditional terms think about managing people if you can't see them and they, are they doing anything i don't know uh, i'm gonna have to check it, it, just uh, applying that in terms of the way you keep customers i don't want to use the term on the boil but they feel as though you they they invest in their partner that is just is going to take them on a journey themselves it's going to continue to show the light and show the path it wasn't just as part of that initial um, push to get them to buy the technology invest in, invest in you in a as a vendor partner but you continue to do that along the way i i, I think that it's important to be doing things like you know in events uh, we we have the Envire engage event we do lots of events throughout the year we support as part of technology partner events to make sure that you're you're present and 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 you know you're 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 accounted for at these events it's important to make sure that you are um, you know, um, as, as often as you can being, being engaged in as many customer type events, there's a number of ways in which I think that we do it from a reasonably tactical perspective. My, my passion is, as I say, to just make sure that you're continuously sharing something that says to the customer, um, you've made the right investment here and we're going to keep you know, taking, we're going to keep you on the right path. We're going to take you on an extended journey of, of wonderful things. Uh, just stick with it. The thing I have to add, though, is when it comes to worrying about you know customer stickiness and making sure that customers stay after they've you know they've completed their year-long subscription contract or whatever it might be, um, you, you you can't really worry about that. You, you've got to be more relentlessly focused. If you if you're more relentlessly focused on the value, you don't need to worry about that. If all you think about is that outside in, what's in it for them? 
what can we share that shows more value in the customer value chain, the employee value chain, all those things that um, are really just important to, to, to those buyers, if it's a channel and so on, then they're going to hang around. They're going to stick with it. Again, if you are quite um, strictly focused, you have that pin-sharp focus on effortless as well. You make it easy for them to make that decision. And this doesn't have to be a via focus, but are, are there particular campaigns that you've done in your career that have really stood out um, or been one of your one of your faves? I would say overarching, you know, marketing is a motive. If you can make people smile, if you can make people feel good, then you're going to see more success from your campaigns. So um, I, I can't really cite anything in particular, but I would say that in most of the work we do around campaigns. I'm always looking for that thread uh, to make to make it feel, yeah, you know, something that people can relate to on more of a personal level. I guess that's pretty much marketing 101. It's not anything. Yeah, but important to go back to the basics. That's yeah, a, it's a like, good it's a good reminder. <laughs> marketing is a motive. Yeah. We like to say on this show, marketing is remarkable, uh, or it's meant to be remarkable, which means you actually have to talk about it with another person. Um, it's it's not just enough to keep it to yourself. Like you're you're supposed to it's supposed to make you go talk to your boss or talk to your colleague or talk to your spouse or talk to your kid or whatever it is. Like if you can generate those dialogues, then if you're generating dialogue, then you, you're at, you have a better chance to generate word of mouth. Um, and I think that, you know, if, if, uh, and if you do, and if it's not a motive, then, you know, you're not gonna, if you're hitting it, if you're throwing it right down the plate, like people just, um, if it's too bland, if it's too boring, it's not going to be a motive. Uh, and uh, I, I totally agree with you there. These times, you know, with COVID and everything is extremely stressful from a marketing perspective. Well, it's stressful to everyone and it's a tragedy and there's all sorts of stuff um, that is really cool to see people stepping up right and left and figuring out ways to help, um, figuring out ways to support you know, those of us who are, who are working and support those who are not working. And I'm curious, just like, you know, both personally and professionally, like how, how do you navigate times of, of crisis? Um, and is there any advice that you would give to fellow, uh, marketers to, to try to kind of, um, move through the tough times? You know, setting up tiger teams and, and, and setting up groups of people that can, change the business you know, the, the, the business as usual in terms of process and, and and getting things done is kind of kind of a key ingredient I, I would argue we we've have somewhat of an advantage in that our via spaces technology is is really designed around um i use the term war rooms but you know you could set up any kind of purpose where it's you know in in this instance it was a how do we make sure that we can respond to this um, unprecedented kind of you know uh, thing in the most effective ways, where it's it's we, we've we've incorporated hyper decision making, we've incorporated hierarchical, um, removed hierarchical kind of process. Sorry, we've 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 empowered you know ideas to be surfaced. In this time zone, and and by someone that's just about to you know, go to bed, and before they wake up, someone else has picked it up and has moved with it, and changed process, has changed sales, has changed marketing, has changed legal, has done things that 
mean the outputs are all very, very, very fast, high paced and, and, and quick to, to support, you know, today's change, what's happened since yesterday. So um, I think, you know, the reality is you, you need to have those kind of, you know, teams, those, those uh, you know, dedicated to the response type teams set up um, and, and you can make sure that you mix in the right ingredients in terms of people that can create assets and set up, you know, ways to get people to these assets and support sales and all those kinds of things. But you do need, and I'm going to suggest this, you do need the right kind of technology to make that a reality and, um, and having a, uh, a solution that enables everyone to just be, you know, part of the discussion for wherever they are in the world uh, to be able to be pr- productive and contribute and in, and in, in, and share assets easily, be able to look back on previous discussions that have been um, t- you know tagged to a, to the the space we we call them a space obviously and the name and nature of the app is spaces um, is that has actually been quite instrumental in, in how we've responded. I, I genuinely believe if we weren't supported by the and I think that's you know that's really important to recognize the true value of these kind of technologies has really been brought to the forefront by COVID-19 and, and not least demonstrated in, in how well we've been able to respond. We've done phenomenal things um, within a day and we continue to do that um, using this high, as I say, high touch, hyper decision making, um, you know, flattened, anyone that can do something can chip in and get it done type you know, sort of teamwork really. I, I love that idea. And for those of our listeners who don't know, um, so Tiger Teams were, I think the first like popularization of this term was, uh, was actually the Tiger Team that was responsible for getting Apollo 13 back. Um, so a little history there that basically, you know, it's forming a small team around a specific problem that you need to solve. Um, and, uh, and no, I, it's a, it's great advice. I mean, it really is, um, it's a great idea because, you know, you want people who are, you know, engaged and 100% focused on solving a problem and, and the problem is now. So I, I really, I love that advice. I think the other thing is you learn about your teams. You learn about, you know, you, 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 you learn so much more about how capable the team is and how wonderful certain people are. And, 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 and actually it brings people together too. You know, you, you become a more, you know, supportive if you're not already, <laughs> but if you are already, great. Um, but it, it creates more of a supportive uh, group of people that, that really do wonderful things. I mean, I'll give you another extra layer of, of suggestion would be around um, encouraging people. In this kind of scenario with COVID-19, we, we've been quite keen to encourage people to realize we're all trying to help each other. We want to make we want to help each other as much as we can, not just in terms of the work, but just to check in that they're okay. You know, are you, are you okay? Are you guys okay with, with what, um, you know, what you're, you're suddenly being tasked to do? Are you, are you feeling good about this? Um, and do some things that are slightly, you know, my team decided they were going to do a sort of check-in, see every, everyone knows okay and share. We have a core theme around a via called a via cares of a, Everyone knows a hashtag that we socialize and we do lots of things around the survive cares sort of theme. And so they decided that everyone in their na- in native tongue, wherever they were in the world, whatever country they're in the world, to share 
of eye cares <laughs> in the group and to say hello. So, so you know, expanding on the tiger team to get things done, don't forget to sort of use that thinking to make sure everyone feels like they're truly valued as part of this thing. And you can do that, um, again, using the, the kind of technology of, of our offers there. Okay, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy. Just like marketing with Salesforce, you can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM. Check them out. We love Salesforce. They've sponsored every episode of this show for years now. Uh, we love Salesforce. Lightning round question. Simon, are you ready? Okay, go for it. Number one, what app on your phone is the most fun? I would say Spaces. That's cheating, but I'll allow it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I think it's fun because I have a lot of fun with my team, uh, especially around the, the, the fun get-togethers, as it were. What is your hidden talent or passion? I'm a second down black belt in karate, uh, which I, I accomplished my second down in Japan as well. Do you have a favorite TV show or podcast that you're binging right now? Big Bang Theory. I like to keep watching those. I wouldn't sound binging too much though, because this <laughs> the work effort to make sure that we're on top of things is taking a bit more time than usual. Do you have a favorite thing to cook or eat? Ah, I don't necessarily have a favorite specific item, but I do like to cook. I, I call it good fuel. I eat a lot of um, balanced sort of veg and 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 decent you know sort of um, um, I love a bit of chicken and, and and beef and things and I like to just have a balanced good mix of, of very flavoursome fruit and veg um, type meals. I guess if I was to name a favourite restaurant, it would be Wagamama. I don't know if that's a worldwide <laughs> restaurant. Although no, I think there's one in New York, but quite quite popular here in the UK is 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 that is is a Wagamama. What is your best advice for a first-time CMO? Really get to know your team. Trust in the fact that they are likely to be pretty extraordinary at what they do. And yours is to just make sure that you're helping to get things out of their way so that they can really do the things that make the difference in your organization. Well, Simon, that's it. That's all we got. That's, uh, that, that's the show. Thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Any final thoughts? Any things to plug? Just to sort of give you, you know, add some credence to a lot of the things I've said around how a virus helping the world. You know, we do an awful lot in terms of corporate social responsibility and philanthropy anyway. You know, save our shores and, and, and lots of things that, that make a difference in this world. With regards to COVID, we've enabled over a million remote contact center agents and our spaces collaboration technology has seen an increase of 1,800% over this, um, the, the, the period by which we've seen this thing suddenly explode, helping people, helping teachers to run classes in Milan or wherever in the world, helping hospitals to support uh, diagnosing patients remotely, helping patients to connect to their loved ones remotely. We've done, from a corporate social responsibility perspective, we've donated equipment to help with that. We've really quite profoundly made a difference in this world, and I'm extremely proud of it. Um, we do have uh, the technology to help, and, and, and we really are helping uh, based on that. We can help, so we are. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll be following along. Talk soon. 
Thank you very much, sir. Thanks for having me. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.